And now, Dan Happel's Connecting the Dots. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again with just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Where the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. Forget the men who died, who gave that right to me, and I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Cause there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. God bless the USA. Good morning and Welcome to Connecting the Dots with Dan Happel. And today, one of my absolutely favorite people in the whole world is going to be our guest, Dr. Lee Merritt, uh, the medical rebel. And I'm telling you, uh, we have the most fascinating conversations when she is a guest on the program, because this is someone who really understands the term thinking outside the box. She looks at the facts, and if they don't add up, then she doesn't come to a stupid conclusion. She comes to a conclusion that makes sense with the facts. And that, in today's world, is thinking outside the box. So, uh, Lee, welcome to the program. I absolutely look forward to today's program. We're doing a continuation of The Truman Show, uh, which is living in a virtual world that is upside down and backwards and completely screwed up. And incidentally, I don't know if you noticed, but that uh, picture of uh, Truman climbing the stairs to the door, uh, the door's hinged on the wrong side. You can't get into that door without knocking yourself off the top platform. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought, wow, that's like the ultimate Truman experience. So uh, anyway, I, I just, uh, I have to tell you, I'm looking forward to this. Welcome to the program. Yeah, nothing's by accident, that door hinge, so. <laughs> no, no, it had to be a. Uh, an intentional thing. I mean, I just, for the life of me, there yeah, was nothing. I didn't about notice that. that. That's that's a good pickup. You know, he's, I have to he's say, he's a just... con he's a contractor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. You know, I love. I I think I maybe I told this before, but I love the your opening because uh, you know, even though the world was much simpler in 1992. I mean, it seemed simpler. It wasn't. It turns out we were in a false reality then, but we didn't really know it. And if anything good came out of COVID, it's, it's wakened us all up. But in 1992, my ex was a colonel in the Marine Corps at the Pentagon, and we were invited, you know, obviously went to the Marine Corps ball in Washington, D.C., and Lee Greenwood sang that song live. So I'll just never forget that. That was pretty, it's, it's really a great song. I never get tired of hearing it. Yeah, we don't. And uh, even though we know that we're not living in a, 
a free America anymore. It's a good thing to uh, play anyway, because that's where we need to get back to. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm i sure you watched, uh, everybody watched the uh, Putin uh, interview with Tucker Carlson. Mm -hmm. And I'm just gonna say that, you know, I mean, and, and I've, to be, to back up, you know, I studied Russian in college because I was a math major. That's the language of mathematics at the time. So I thought, well, I'll study Russian. And I've kind of kept up with it. So I read it, I don't speak it. But, you know, I've been following history Russian history, particularly ever since. So, you know, all the stuff that Putin recited, I knew that stuff. But, but what what I think is important is, is that, first of all, Tucker was completely taken aback because he was expecting a thirty second soundbite, and even he, who is generally a well informed uh, person that d does his interviews. He, he didn't really know about even the modern history because he was wrong when he asked, he asked some question that had to, you know, around, asked if that happened in 2014 and what Putin was discussing did not, that was not, that was earlier. And it was, that's an important period to understand what's going on in Ukraine. So I was kind of mm -hmm. thinking, okay, he doesn't really understand the topic here. Not only that, he didn't expect an hour long discourse without notes on the history of Russia from 850 AD. But, at the, mm -hmm. but the point I'm going to make is that the, speaking of this Lee Greenwood song and where we are today, you know, a meme came out after that whole interview and and I you know you learn so much from memes it's a guy in uniform and maybe it's somebody I should know but I didn't recognize him the guy in uniform and it's saying wait are you in United States military uniform it says wait are you saying we're the baddies now <laughs> you know and mm -hmm. I thought that's a very profound meme because one of the problems and I and I knew this was happening but you know one voice in the wilderness can't change people's opinion the problem is that when you can work outside the system and you can get around the censorship of what our media was giving us about Russia, you knew that what they were telling us was a complete blackout and what they were letting through was wrong. So they were painting a picture that of the old Cold War Soviet Union. Right. And they never changed it. You know, oh, the bad Russians. It's always the bad Russians. They didn't, you know, and they they, they wanted you to believe that Russia was uh, the evil empire still, that it had... Uh, it couldn't make blue jeans like we used to joke in the 60s that, you know, it was still an impoverished country that was kind of, you know, alcoholic and, and haphazard and um, and run by dictators. And I'm just going to say, you know, oh, and, and an atheistic nation. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I it's it's amazing. So this was a small crack into the window, at least that, that Tucker did. And I think that's important for the Truman Show, because. One, we are in a news bubble in our country. More so, I'm one of the things I've learned in the last few years is that we are particularly being targeted to be in a news bubble. We are the in the Truman Show, but not so much even even other places. They knew more than we did about what was going on, and um, and I and I think so. I I think that that's a it's a lot of good things are happening to kind of look like it's breaking down this this narrative, but the the whole false facade, but. Lee, can I, um, I, I want to mention something. Juliet Engel has, uh, you know, she has a lot of yeah. connections in Russia because of all the work she did there with the uh, uh, people trying to stop human trafficking. Yeah. And uh, anyway, she has made a, uh, uh, she's gotten a commitment from the Russian, uh, I guess I would call it the National uh, Press Agency, uh, for the government 
uh, to bring uh, people into Russia, and she's asked me if I would be one of the uh, one of the people to come in and do interviews and do things in Russia. Now, this may be very dangerous because, as uh, Tucker pointed out, uh, you know, if we really are in a dangerous time where our own government is possibly our greatest enemy, we could end up being uh, locked up in the gulag forever, not in Russia, but in yeah. Washington, yeah, not, not a gulag, in a FEMA camp or something. Yeah, in, in D.C. I mean, we've got J6ers in D.C. that are locked up like that. But I would like to suggest something. I would uh, like to talk to Juliet and see if, uh, since you are a Russian speaker, or at least a Russian reader, uh, if you would be, uh, if she would entertain having putting you on that list uh, to go to Russia as one of the people doing interviews. Well, and, when is it? When is it going to be? Well, she's working on that. We haven't gotten a date on it yet. She's been working on it, but she said that they did do an approval. Now they're just kind of putting together the logistics to make it work. And uh, I would like to go there and have uh, have an opportunity to interview. Russian people about all the stuff that's going on. And, uh, you know, it could be an outstanding opportunity to uh, really learn what the truth is. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested, I would yeah, love to. Yeah, of course I'm interested. That. I just don't know what, what, when it will be. But yeah, yeah, you can certainly talk to her about it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've wanted to go over to Vladivostok where, where a lot of the energetic medicine research was done and, mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. see that part of the country and go there. I've been to Moscow once, um, but. Well, let, let, we'll, we'll work on that. But anyway, I didn't mean to get <laughs> off track, but uh, I'm telling you, the world right now is in such an incredible state of flux, and yet at the same time, I see amazing opportunities for the truth to really come out, because I think the American people have had a gut full of the crap that we've been dragging ourselves through. And uh, it's happening all over the country. We recognize now that we really are living in a uniparty uh, process where we've got one uh, power-grabbing uh, political party called the Uniparty, which includes establishment of both sides of the political aisle, and uh, and they're all they're either fascist or they're communist, you know. And here we are, people that believe in liberty, and we're completely out of the out of the power grid. Well, yeah, and we have not we've lost control of our of our the the people that have been representing us as our government mm -hmm. we've lost control of for a very long time and i think that's as have you know the the chinese people lost control of their government when the maoists took it down and um you know they didn't have any say in world affairs they didn't have any uh, ability to influence the that the communist party to mm -hmm. to any great degree and and that was true the one you know i i've thought about this a lot i thought what you said about you know being sent to a fema camp i said if there was one one passport i might consider getting right now it'd be a russian passport if i could qualify sign up for a russian passport if i were going to go somewhere there you know they're 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 30 years ahead of what has happened, what's happening to us. And it's the same people. It's the same evil group that took down the Russians in 1917. 
and the Bolsheviks were not Russian, and and that's you know that's uh, that's the point. It was an, mm-hmm. as Solzhenitsyn said, that was an external uh, threat that came in. It was not internal civil war. Most people don't realize that at the time of the of the Russian Revolution, the average Russian male lived better than other people in Europe, had better income and better per capita income and better uh, food protein per day. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, it was not what we were taught in school, and right. and they they survived it barely for you know seventy years, eighty years. But then it, when it collapsed, uh, Putin, and I give him a lot of credit for this. I mean, I'm not saying it's him directly, but I think everybody in the world, every leader like Trump, it's not just him. There's a group behind them that, in my opinion, are working on this take back. So whatever this alliance is, he's had that help. Trump's had that help. You know, the, the, the BRICS company, countries, all that we see happening that's not the deep state death cult that we've been battling. There's another group out there, I think, that's working on this and whatever that is. So I don't care. People say, well, that's not Putin. He doesn't look like the Putin 40 years ago. I don't care. You know, whoever that is. Um, and I personally think he's a Romanov, maybe that this is you, just because he's not the same Putin of 40 years ago. The question is, who's the real Putin? You know, mm-hmm. you don't know. You know, we all know everybody uses doubles. Hitler used doubles. Bormann used doubles. Stalin used doubles. You know, I can pick Biden, up Biden, obviously. Yeah, Biden. I mean, oh, yeah, he... Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. This is the... But but the bottom line is that just look at the differences, though. I mean, Biden and his best years when he was a senator could not have delivered a speech that was an hour long history lecture like Putin just did. Mm-hmm. Whoever Putin is, you know, without notes. Mm-hmm. So uh, and and what people need to realize, if nothing else, about the modern day Russia is under under Putin, 30,000 Russian Orthodox churches have been opened. You know, right. they, he is promoting a moral religious society. He doesn't tell you what to believe, but he, he said this. I'm quoting him. He says, I don't tell you what to believe, but you have to have a moral society to, to be successful. And and in in Russia right now, they don't uh, they don't push LGBT on their children. He, he, again, he said that, I think, the night of when the Tucker interview, I'm pretty sure that was what happened, was in that. He said, he said, if you're an adult, we let you do what you want to be, but we're not letting you push your uh, LGBT stuff Agenda. onto our children in schools. And, um, you know, seems like a basic concept that we could adopt. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, contrast that with the Ukrainians. And I'm not blaming, by the way, I'm not, I'm not anti-Ukrainian of the people that are ethnically living, that are living in that country. And that I, you know, so they're defined as Ukrainians. They're the average people like you and me on the street. They're again, they're not the problem. Every every country is being controlled by this satanic overlay for a long time. It's just very obvious in Ukraine where you've got, you know, uh, they're throwing out the priests. They're they're throwing out the icons and they're they've created their own uh, church now. They've created their own uh, religion to 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 fill the void. Now, the people are not happy with it either. But it just it just tells you what's going on. And we in this country are most people are completely ignorant of any of that history. They don't understand what happened in 2014. They don't know who Yanukovych was uh, and they don't know how Zelensky came to be there. And so when I tried to discuss this the other night a little bit with some friends of mine, high school classmates of mine and this one guy who's a devout Catholic, I was telling about what this whole stuff about Russia, about the LGBT, what I just said. And he said. 
is that Ukraine you mean? I said, no. You see, everybody thinks Ukraine is, that's Ukraine, because that's how screwed up our news is. You know, our news has really harmed us, really harmed us about everything in the world, not just about this. Yeah. Well, our whole world is is a, a, a propaganda routine right now. And in what you're describing and certainly what um, Putin was talking about in his interview is the fact that we, we have people like Trump and Putin and other leaders around the world that believe in a national culture that's based on individual rights. Right. And then we have the globalists right. who believe that a handful of people should control everything on earth, everybody else, and they're they're based in a, a feudal culture, and we might as well bring it up, that's, that's uh, Kassarian in its very uh, core. It comes from that part of the world that uh, yeah, the battle is Ukraine. happening right now. It's happening in Ukraine. And in fact, we can trace it back probably 5,000 years before that. I'll tell you my mm -hmm. favorite quote. I got to read this quote. This is from uh, James Grunvig. He even forgot he wrote this, but it was in a substack that I ran across. And he says, what are we fighting against? Yes, it's the embattled remnants of an ancient Sumerian death cult masquerading as a modern political, military, clandestine, and financial deep state that exerts top-down control, ruling populations largely through narrative projection. And I think he's nailed it there. It is a death cult. And see, what you're talking about is the Russians, the BRICS, corp, the BRICS guys, they all want, what they're talking about is a monopolar world, like you described, where your national um, identities are preserved. You can share economic uh, trade. You can do all these things with asset-backed currency, not just this mm -hmm. fiat junk, but it's not a monopolar world. Now, what are we hearing in America? We're hearing, oh, the BRICS are out to destroy the U.S. dollar. No, we've destroyed our U.S. dollar. These, mm -hmm. these death cult Khazarian Sumerians have destroyed our U.S. dollar <laughs> over a very long time because they've completely made it out of smoke and mirrors. This whole thing is being our whole reality. This Truman Show is being created through narrative. And once we realize that, we realize our cage, our prison bars are made of ideas. We can get out of this. Mm -hmm. You know, we can. And, yeah. yeah, we really can. I have to tell you my favorite new um, deep dive on that, that this is this, really the second part of the Truman Show, actually, is is where we got the idea of viruses. Because, you know, people understand that we lied about politics and we lied about everything else. And I know there are people out there saying, oh, not this virus thing again. But let me just tell you, I'm going to personalize this because I'm going to make this. This is a good story. It just shows you not, I'm not going to get into the science of viruses. I'm going to tell you how they pulled the lie off. That's what we need to know, because once you know how they did it here, you'll start seeing how they've done it all over the place. Mm -hmm. So may, people may think that they lied about SARS-CoV-2 and COVID, you know, the whole thing in, in 2019 on. But this started 100 years before that, at least, okay? And it started with a guy named John F. Enders. And uh, you know, now my father had three doctorate degrees, but the way he got them is he worked a road gang to get himself through college. I mean, he didn't, nothing was handed to him. That was the true Horatio Alger story, but not so John F. Enders. John Enders uh, inherited $19 million from his daddy and he took himself to Yale. You'll notice a pattern here. Everybody's Yale and Harvard, Yale mm -hmm. and Harvard. 
you know, Vivek Ramaswamy, Yale and Harvard, uh, DeSantis, Yale and Harvard and DNI, um, you know, uh, Kerry, Yale and Harvard, Bush, Yale and Harvard. So just be aware of the training group here. This is how they mm -hmm. do it. Now, he was he went there in 1916, I think. And he was a member not of the Skull and Bones Society, because we all have heard about that. But who's heard about the Scroll and Key Society? You know, they always push mm -hmm. one thing forward so you don't pay attention to the real thing. The Scroll and Key Society is where the big bad dogs, they're, they're the real money guys, okay? They're only 15 a year, and he was one of them. So first of all, what's the chance that the guy that's the literally the father of vaccinology, that's what he's known for on Wikipedia, he's the father of modern vaccines is what they call him. He happened oh, wow. to be a member of the most elite secret society probably in America, the Scroll, the Scroll and Key Society. So... He goes to Yale in 1916, and he takes, he, this is what, ultimately, he, he gets the Nobel Prize for his work on viral cultures. That's what he was, he was in 1954. But, so you can go to the Nobel Prize site and learn about him. That's the old idea. Now, if I make a mistake in my podcast on somebody's biography, I'm just a nobody, but they are the Nobel laureate people. They shouldn't be making mistakes. And here's what they say about John F. Enders. They say he took a year off um, from going to Yale to go fight in World War I as a pilot in the Air Force with the rank of ensign. You know, does that ring a bell to anybody? Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I heard that and I went, bzz, 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 bzz. There, are no, there was no Air Force in 1917. It mm -hmm. was the Army Air Corps. And number two, there are no ensigns in the Air Force ever. Right. Because I was right. an ensign, they're all a Navy. You know, it's a Navy mm -hmm. rank. Mm -hmm. So this is, so when I read that, I said, Oh my gosh, you know, does this guy even exist? So then it gets worse. I couldn't figure out what his, his um, although Wikipedia calls him the father of modern vaccines, it doesn't tell you exactly what his PhD is in. But again, I figured out through looking around, his, he's, he was, after he went to Yale, he ended up at Harvard getting a PhD in 1930 in, in uh, bacteriology and immunology. Well, mm. I thought about that for a minute, and I said, wait a minute. When I was a freshman medical student in Rochester, New York in 1976, a friend of mine was getting a, a MD-PhD, and his PhD was going to be in immunology. And that was a new specialty at that time. So I go back to Harvard, and wow. I found out that in Harvard, the immunology first PhD was granted in 1974. Oh, wow. So you see my point. This whole mm. thing is has been made up out of whole cloth somehow. So does this guy even exist? Did the guy, did, is the guy a real guy? Can we prove he exists? I'll tell you another example of this. And, and by the way, had he not published this paper in 1952, roughly, on how you culture viruses, I think that's when it was published. It might have been a little before that. But he, he published this paper on how to culture viruses. I think a high school student could pick this apart. Smart Really? You know, guy could pick this apart even at the level of high school biology because it never proves viruses. Um, the way they define them, this just well, I won't get into that. It's just crazy. So they don't they don't have it. That doesn't show up anywhere. But the other the other thing about uh, uh, this whole thing is that his papers are all behind paywalls. So you can't read the 1930 paper that describes what he started with. You can't read his paper that he got the Nobel Peace Prize for. The only reason I can read his paper and know it's a bunch of crap is that he gave a speech using his paper at the Nobel Laureate uh, 
site and they have to publish the, the speech. But mm. if they hadn't published the speech, everything's... Now, why would you put the key ingredient to this whole science behind an industrial paywall, an institutional paywall that the average guy can't get behind? Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, mm -hmm. it just makes you kind of weird. Here's another one. So we, you know, we got the, we got the, the whole COVID sequence, this genetic sequence, the famous genetic sequence that we got, that we made the vaccine from, that we mandated every military person, every border patrol, everybody involved in the security of America to take. Where did we get that sequence? Well, we got it from the communist Chinese. That alone should be kind of a little worrisome. But mm -hmm. I've had the paper, the, the original paper that describes how they got the genetic sequence of SARS-CoV-2 in theory, how they got it. And I, it's been on my desk since this whole thing started. But I never, and I looked at it, read it several times, but I just, and I knew it was just garbage the way that they did it, that they that, that didn't isolate anything. They just took some lung goo and they, they, they sequenced it essentially. Well, but then I decided to look at the authors of the paper. Now, to, to, for people that are not familiar with medical scientific topics, in general, it used to be that medical papers were authored by one or two people, three mm -hmm. at the most in the past. Now you get 30 and 40 authors, and they're often foreign, okay? Well, so I, and, and the other thing is before the age of computers, you couldn't do this, but now with the internet and everything, when you see a scientific paper, you can hover the, the, the cursor over the name of the one of the authors and it pops up and it tells you where they're from. So I took these 30 some authors on this paper and I hovered over each one, first author, second author, down and they and I and I traced them back. I said if it said that they were at this this institute of virology and whatever in Wuhan or they said they were at Caltech or wherever they said they were from, I tried to find them and none of them showed up. I could not, wow. I could not, I'm not saying they're false, but I cannot prove, whereas I can tell you that the papers I looked at about that were published in America with American authors, I know I can trace those people. They always seem to show up where they were, you know, where they say they are. But in this one, which was published right after they discovered it, so these guys wouldn't have had a chance usually to move from one place to another, they okay. should have shown up. Mm -hmm. And um, they translated it into English. So, you know, this is not just a Chinese language problem. They're all Chinese, the authors. The only author in that paper I can discover that is real, that I can, that I believe is a real person, is the last author. And who is that? That's Dr. Shi uh, Ling Shi or whatever, the gal that is the bat lady of Wuhan. Bat lady. <laughs> okay, she is the famous bat lady of the Wuhan uh, bioweapons lab, the BSL-4 lab in Wuhan. So... We took the, let's just review that. We took the, the genetic sequence. We made a vaccine based on a paper from the known bioweaponeer bat lady at the Wuhan lab. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so <laughs> it's just all smoke and mirrors. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, that that's why the, you said, you said a perfect, uh, uh, this is why this is uh, Truman Show too, because the more we realize, we we realize everything that we're seeing is phony. Nothing is, nothing right. is uh, traceable. It's not real, and people accept this stuff because they say it's by people of credentials. You know, people with PhDs or whatever, and in fact, they can make up anything they want. And even if, you know, what people, and I have a hard time with this too. I said, if there are no viruses, how can there be all these PhDs students in virology? 
you know, but you have to understand in science, you know, people think that we can falsify history, we can falsify politics, but not science because it's it's ch fact check. Well, first of all, when I fact checked it, I realized I found out that the, all of medic, pretty much all of medical and scientific publishing is owned by the intelligence services. Okay, now that's a shocker. You know, uh, you know, a Mossad agent was the first editor in chief after World War II. That was Robert Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell's dad. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, this is a big club, and we ain't in it. This is all the intelligence. Every time you dig a hole and you go down a rabbit hole, you find the intelligence services, and you find you find Nazis. You find the old Nazi party somehow rejuvenated. I'm going to tell you that too. Mm -hmm. It all kind of leads back to that. That was that was. You know, the people that say that we are living, you know, the Nazis didn't lose World War II, they just came over here. They have some points to be made there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have a lot of points to be made there. And um, so the CIA, the CIA of MKUltra, MKUltra, right. according to Juliet, and I believe her, MK is Mein Kampf. MKUltra. Well, it's, it's actually mind control. It's, it's, now, it's When did they make control with K? Well, in German. That's the point. Yeah, See, that yeah, was yeah. Mengele. Mengele actually in in the in the death camps or the and Auschwitz and these places where anyway he was not. I used to think. Here's another thing. I used to think that Mengele must have been you know the the Doctor Death, the 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 guy that was doing all those soulless experiments on twins and children in the death camps. I used to think if he's a medical doctor, he must have been the bottom feeder in his medical school class. But come to find out, no, he was actually a top of the class MD, PhD guy, guy, and he was working under the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute for doing these studies. In fact, they were they were communicating back and forth from Auschwitz to the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. These big neural neural neurological researchers, when he was doing all these skull measurements, he was sending heads back and forth to the to them. Okay, mm -hmm. severed heads and skulls. So for for anthropomorphic testing. Now, what he was what what this whole death cult has done since the age probably at least of Babylon, but probably goes back to Sumer as as Grunvik says. They've they've learned how to cause what she's talking about this MK alter the brain splitting the how you can produce mind controlled slaves essentially that don't really know even what they're doing you can have different personalities the you know uh, the the multiple alters you can you can program brains just like you program a computer and you have you can sec section off the computer so that if one part dies you don't have the, the other part here go down that kind of yeah. thing you can do that with the brain and they were doing it by sexually you know abusing these children from the time they're in the crib till they're about six years old that's been going on since the time of babylon in these families these these ancient families that may not completely be human like we are i'm kind of coming to that decision but i don't I can't say that one way or another, and I don't want to sound, I, I guess I already sound too crazy, but that's, it's hard not to look at this and say, it's a bloodline. We know it's a bloodline. And 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 where did it come from? How did it get, you know, you and I don't do things like that. Most human beings can't even wrap their head around this. So how did this come to be? But whatever they are, they've been doing this for thousands of years. All that Mengele did was try and make it scientifically understandable. So he he looked at the process and 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 made it and 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 studied it officially mm -hmm. in a lab. So essentially what he had, he had a lab of captive children to study this in. And that's mm -hmm. how it became MK, mind control uh, mm -hmm. ultra. Now it, it could be mind control, I don't know, but that's mm -hmm. that's my struggle. I don't really get that that can carry across. She's maybe the expert but on that, but I, language wise, I'm not, I'm not buying it, but, it, but it's certainly mind control. That's why it's not MC ultra. If it were our CIA and we just started over here, but 
and and the other thing that you know to put this in perspective too is you got the the CIA itself was formed when John and Alan Foster Dulles you know uh, decided to go in with General Galen, who was one of the two generals not tried by Nuremberg, even in absentia. It was General Kamler the, from the Kamlerstab and General Galen who ran the secret spy organization in the Soviet Union. And he went to the Dulles brothers in Switzerland before the end of the war and said, hey, I'll give you my whole spy network, but here's the deal. I get to run it from the background. I may mm -hmm. not be officially the head, but I'll run it from the background and I don't get tried at Nuremberg. <laughs> it's okay, good deal. You know, no war crimes for me and I'm I'm out of here. And that's how they made the deal. So ours and, and you know, the Soviet desk in my lifetime, you know, having prosecuted the Cold War in the military, you know, in my lifetime, uh the the, the Soviet desk of the CIA, everybody, that was your plum. That was the big, mm -hmm. big dog of the CIA was the Soviet desk because that's the that was what we considered the main enemy, but really what it was, that was our that was the the the, the Nazis came over and and ran that. I mean, we were we that became that was essentially they started our CIA. I mean, that's yeah. that's really yeah. the truth here. And uh, you know, I'm sure I know it's more complicated. I'm simplifying it, but and and when they did that, what happened? The Galen Org that that had run the Soviet, they moved into eastern to western Ukraine with. The the what the what the Russians called the Banderites the the Bandera was a guy that was uh you know Stalin Stalin wasn't a choir boy let's face it he was a Bolshevik so he wasn't the guy that he 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 pissed a lot of people off and murdered a lot of his own citizens some of which the history we may not have gotten correct either I don't you know I'm, I say that with some qualification that we've been lied to about so much history and that would be a great you know they always set up a really evil looking guy. Because some of the things he did doesn't make sense to that, but I think he's still not not. I think he did that, but anyway, he. Mm -hmm. So there were people in in Western Ukraine that were victims of Stalin, and they didn't like that, and they they kind of sided. So when the Wehrmacht came over, they sided with them. Right. And so that became the 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 after the war, there was a great number of Germans that that settled. And the and the Ukrainian German speakers, the Ukrainian uh, sympathizers with the Wehrmacht stayed there, and that's that's the basis for this split in you in what is now uh, labeled Ukraine, which was a as, as they the, the, it's funny the Russian soldiers the you look, you go to like the Archangel Spetsnaz site and all these different sites they call it the, especially the Wagner site they call it the country 404, you know 404 oh, really? is a you know when you go on a computer and you get a 404 error. Doesn't oh, exist. oh. Mm -hmm. okay. Got it. So Ukraine really isn't a; it never was a country. It's an artificial creation mm -hmm. uh, right. in the in the 20th century. So, so, uh, but in any case, the, you know, ethnic people lived there. It's not that there weren't people there before, but it was not named Ukraine. It was not de there weren't borders exactly the way they are now. And, and these guys, but these guys moved into Western Ukraine, and and so the country had been split in kind of a half, where you had you had the the the, the Russians on the eastern side that were sympathetic to the Russian, ergo the Donbass, and then maybe two thirds of the country that were the and and maybe the the western side was maybe a third, and then they had a big central kind of melting pot. But that kind of got taken over with the whole, you know, as time went on, and and that's what mm -hmm. that's what's been going on. But that's DOD, CIA, uh, yeah, it all goes back DARPA. to the Germans. Mm -hmm. I mean, not the Germans, but the Nazis. Mm -hmm. So we ought to, you know. And there's so much of that that's also we don't know. Like, 
Where, what's this deal with Antarctica? Why does everybody have to go down to Antarctica to get the, you know, like kiss the ring when they get elected to some major <laughs> office? You know, that's that's mm -hmm. a very interesting story. And when I was in um, as an intern at Bethesda Naval Hospital, they still talked about Admiral Byrd taking a nosedive off. I think it was I think the 19th floor of the Naval Hospital. Now, first of all, it's kind of odd. We always used to joke about why do you put the psych ward on the top of a, of a, of a, of a skyscraper? Okay, <laughs> but what we will, but they don't. They didn't have unlocked windows, you know. So it's a little hard to figure out how Bird did that. But the story mm -hmm. goes that Bird and and his friend Forrestal. I'm sorry, not Bird. Admiral Forrestal is the one that took the nosedive off the 19th floor. They claim it was suicide, but it's a little hard to buy that considering how you lock down psych wards. But Admiral Fort, what was this all about? It turned out that Admiral Byrd and Admiral Forrestal were good friends, and they were about to spill the beans about what Byrd found in Antarctica. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, and after Bert, after Forrestal uh, died, then Byrd shut up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's but, how they do it. Yeah, that's how they do it. And and you know what? Did, what did, the other thing has been clearly the history was jigged on this one about Bird's mission uh, after World War II to um, to he was he was going to see this what the Germans had New Schwabenland. Remember that whole thing? He was going to go to and and in the ice how they claimed that uh, Admiral Dernitz said. Not too cryptically, he he was he was proud of the fact that they had created for the Fuhrer a new uh, Shangri-La in the ice, essentially, and that mm -hmm. was what they described. And so the belief was that there was a Nazi base still out there functioning mm -hmm. somewhere, and that they had to go after it. And Bird went there. And now, in our history, what we're taught is again, this is how they this is how they skew things. Our history in the Truman Show is that Bird did a polar. Um, uh, what I want to say, a geologic expedition. Mm -hmm. But you don't take three three aircraft carriers. It was an international flotilla. You don't take aircraft carriers, you know, and combat troops and, and planes and everything on a, on a geologic expedition. So that isn't what happened either. So Well, and I it, it even though they talked about you know how Hitler was killed outside his bunker and all that, uh, there there's very direct evidence that he lived until the 1960s, in fact, yeah. the late 60s, right. and that he was in Patagonia, which is awfully close to that base. And uh, who knows if that or was Argentina? A you know, they had they had people that. In fact, this. Did you ever see the book? There's a book out here that people, if they're interested in this, this is an excellent book called Gray Wolf, and mm. it's about. Uh, they've got names, you know, and they again they point out that after World War II. When Hitler purportedly died, who did who did the British send over to research this to to verify it? They sent Hugh Trevor Roper, a historian. Now, if you're going to verify that somebody's dead, who would you send? I would send Scotland Yard. Yeah, yeah, right. Somebody that does homicide investigations. That's mm -hmm. what they should have done. But they didn't. Everybody wanted this just hushed up. They just didn't want. They were. They just didn't want it. They, well, now we know it was probably purposely hushed up, but at the time they said everybody was war worried. They just didn't want to investigate it. But they sent Hugh Trevor Roper, who was kind of known for filling in the blanks when he didn't have historical facts. And right. he came back and said, oh, yeah, he's dead. Well, now as people are aging out and dying and they're on their deathbed confession time, this, this book puts it together about they've got mm -hmm. the evidence of how he got out, where he got out, who flew the plane, who was with him. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like and the skull that they claimed was Hitler turned out to be a woman that, that the Russians <laughs> had. Right. That was a female mm -hmm. skull they found. So 
you know, it's all, mm-hmm. there are even people, there are even people in Bariloche in this Argentina, that's called, it was called Hitler's Gulch in mm-hmm. Bariloche at this hotel and stuff. There are people that remember Hitler and Ava Brown coming in and having, you know, mm-hmm. Sunday breakfast kind of thing. Well, and, and according to what I've, I've read and seen, they actually uh, have fairly significant proof that they had a daughter together. And there were more than one, I think. Yeah, a couple. yeah, yeah. So, and that Angela Merkel, Merkel is is yeah. is related. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, wow. it's, it's crazy. No, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But the, but we're being lied to about literally everything. They crafted again. This is the the crafting the narrative. Our world mm-hmm. is not made of facts. It's made of narrative, and we have to work our way through this. And it's complicated. This is, but we're waking up, and I think this is why they're trying to take us out now. This is why it's a we're in a critical time here. Would they know? You know, what's the whole thing? What's twenty twenty four? Why so? Why is twenty twenty five so special? First, it was yeah. twenty thirty. Then they moved it up to twenty twenty five. Right? Why is that so special? Because they have a time frame. They know if they if we get past a certain time frame, it's over for them. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and I think they're. I think they know that that time frame is this year. I, I really do. I, you know, they they uh, they understand that enough people are finally waking up that it's going to be really hard to silence this whole movement. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and we're seeing things. I'm going to tell you. I mean, you can't see these. You know, it's like I never saw a ghost in my whole life. I always kind of wished I'd had. You know, I, people talk about that. I never saw an alien. I never saw any stuff. Now, my husband actually did uh, see an alien, I think, but I never, I never saw any of this stuff. Okay, so, <laughs> but I'll tell you what I did see not too long ago, and maybe I told you this. I don't remember, but I saw a plane stuck in the air. This we were driving on a on my way to my old office in Omaha, Nebraska. It was at night, and and Michael looks up. I'm not the only one that saw it. So Michael looks up and says, there's a plane right there that's not moving. And I looked at it and here it's a, it's a low flying jet and we're coming, you know, it's, it's not, it's crossing our path. It's not parallel to us. You know, you can see these optical illusions where it's, it's crossing our path at a low flight altitude. So you can see it out the front of your windshield and literally we drove under it. So we have a moon roof in the, in the van and, you, it, I saw it as it goes through the wow. windshield. It was then it was in the moonroof, and I'm looking up, and I could see every every uh, seam in the fuselage. I saw lights blinking in my memory. Uh, you know, I I remember. I thought I heard the kind of that roar of a of a jet engine, but and then I watched it until it went out the back window, and it hadn't moved. It's sitting over our you know our drive path. Mm-hmm. What the heck now? I, you know, I was so speechless, even just thinking about it now. I, I was almost speechless. I couldn't, my kids were home for Christmas. They were in the back of the, the seat. And I'm trying to tell them, and they're kind of like, yeah, mom, another crazy thing your mom's saying, you know, but I'm telling them, look, look, it's, it's mm-hmm. a plane sitting right there. And to this day, I can picture that in my mind, seeing the underside of that plane very clearly, the lights, the cracks, everything. So mm. it turns out that the next day I found out that until 9 a.m. the next morning, 9 or 10 a.m. the next morning, a universal NOTAM in America and Canada, U.S. and Canada, so that all planes were grounded until 9 or 10 a.m. So something happened. Wow. I bring this up because one of the things that we're watching now is, are are we really having time slips? Is somebody jigging the time? Are there timelines? And are they being manipulated somehow? Mm -hmm. 
you know, the, this whole thing with the Mandela effect is getting crazy. All these things that, that are provably changing in, in our memories. You know, mm -hmm. it's not just our memories. It's like you, you see it here now, and then you go back in time. And if you happen to have an old newspaper or you have an old book, the Berenstain Bears is one of them. How the name of the book, the name of the bears has changed its spelling. Yeah. Um, there's so many examples like that, but that's one of the famous ones. Uh, people that, that it's not just the one that people remember. Some people remember Mandela dying in jail. Some people remember him living and becoming the president of South Africa. You know, um, for me, it was for me, the thing that I've a timeline I, I experienced a, a split on was dazzle ships. I know that that sounds crazy. If you don't know what dazzle ships are, then you're on my timeline because I think this is something that I never, it, it, it's, it's the idea that the United States Navy painted their ships with these Picasso-esque hulls to avoid long range uh, detection by, by telescopes. And they show sure. pictures of them. Now, if you have you ever seen those? No, no, I okay. have. You're on my timeline, Dan. Yeah, no, those I, I've I, never seen one of those. I've never I, seen one of those. Good, you haven't seen them either. Okay. No, so I, I got to tell you, I I do have a I do have a time slip story for you. Okay, though. go. Yeah, I'd love to hear one because I think it's real. <laughs> okay, real. well, no, no, I mean, I'm this is this is, uh, you know, I have two golden retrievers, and I used to walk them uh, in the morning before I started doing shows every morning, uh, and. Uh, walk down to the end of my street, turn the corner, uh, you know, turn to the left, walk down to the next uh, street, turn right now to the field where we walk. Well, right down here at the corner, a uh, new family had moved into that home, an older couple, and uh, they decided to build a new fence along the sidewalk uh, on the north end of the house. A nice cedar wood fence, you know, just, uh, you know, waist high. And uh, I remember it because every time we walked past it, I could smell the cedar. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and so uh, we walked by it one day, and it was painted white. And it and you couldn't smell the cedar as much. And I noticed this. And I went, oh, well, they, they painted the fence. Oh, really cool. Well, a few days later, I'm walking past the fence, and it's cedar again. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I I mean, it, 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 no paint. <clears throat> okay. And I I I know that paint that that fence had been uh -huh. painted. I because I you know I I could smell the cedar and then you know and then it gets painted. And it wasn't painted completely. They didn't finish the project. Then all of but a sudden, but it was completely you know, gone the last time. Uh, and then the the next time, you know, uh, a few days later, when I, you know, I, and I noticed, I went, "Hey, wait, that's not painted anymore." It, it, they they didn't go out and get new boards and put up a new brand new, a brand new brand new fence. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever and, talk to him? Uh, no, I never did. I never asked him. You know, and I've talked to the guy a few times. That uh, would be really interesting. Yeah, to know. it would. It would. Well, and. You know, because uh, and now it's painted that's, white again, and that's in short time frame. So a lot of the yeah. things that we're talking about, they're in long time frame. But but what you're seeing, and um, Telegram, Azazel News is one of the places you see this. There were they they show the they show these pictures. Well, I started I started thinking, what's going on here? They were showing these pictures of of jump. They called them jump lines, and they'd show a a, a line drawn like a lot of times in Southern California area. Well, they'd show this, they called it the jump line. And they're saying they're jumping, the jumpers are out tonight or whatever. 
I didn't really know what that meant. And then it then it turns out that then they would show these anomalies that happen along the jump line. What it means is that these time slips are happening as these people. The story is whether it's true or not, I'm just telling you what they're saying. Mm -hmm. They're saying that our Department of Energy, this is all run through the Department of Energy, that CERN is a poor, uh, you know, red faction excuse for what the DOE has been doing. That the DOE has an ability to to time, to, to throw people into different times, to, 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 to mess with our timeline somehow. And that that they collect dark matter and they somehow do this and they can they can on a certain date this is where they it's going to happen and there'll be a ripple you know you use that movie a ripple in time right right so right. so when you see this then they'll show like right then the day after they'll show something like uh one of one of this is hard to make up a car but again narrative could be all cgi a car that has a tree through it that looks like the tree that it isn't like the tree grew through the car because the because the because the car has kind of an inverted hole around the tree, but it's it's not it didn't slide through the side. It isn't something the car. It's it went absolutely like the car merged around the tree somehow, like mm -hmm. it was formed around the tree. Mm -hmm. um, you see, one of the time a, 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 a coyote was hanging in the air by a high wire line. And just recently, and you can say, okay, this is all photoshopped, okay, but just recently, some elected official in California, some city councilman or something like that, uh, took a picture of this palm tree, dead palm tree, floating horizontal in the air, you know, twenty feet up. Again, the night after one of these these jump nights, mm -hmm. and and then I saw this plane. So when you see mm -hmm. it yourself, you think, okay, there's really something to this. And these and your anomaly. I mean, that's a little hard. Mm -hmm. That's in short time frame. So I, it'd be interesting. I people need to collect these. I, I think it's not just and it's not just these. You remember things wrong. These are things that are provably. You can go back. Somebody has a a, a map that's changed now. You know, mm -hmm. or somebody has uh, some evidence that it was not that way before. Mm -hmm. Well. Uh, I think we all are familiar with the Philadelphia experiment, the fact yes. that Tesla was doing those experiments with the federal government uh, back during World War II, and the fact that when Nikola Tesla died, all of his experiments, all of his documents, I mean, literally uh, a treasure trove ended up going into the hands of the CIA, or, you know, at the time federal it was... Government. Yeah, it was the federal government at the time. It was, uh, uh, you know, Secret Server, C uh, S S A S. Yeah, but it was Donald Trump's uncle. Yeah, it was John in charge of that. Reviewed John, them from MIT. yeah, yeah, John yep. Trump, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And who well, does John uh, Trump look like, by the way? Uh, uh, um, I think Julian Assange. Yeah, Assange. Yeah. It's like they're yeah. just twins. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's really uh, it were a ex really exciting time to be alive. And I think mm -hmm. not to not to enjoy the the the, the journey is you're missing something. I I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> it's it's scary, mm -hmm. but all all changing all every time you grow, it's scary. You know, teenage. Mm -hmm. It's like being a teenager again. You know, I don't wish on going back and doing that necessarily, but. It's like jumping into a world you don't really know. And I, I think it's going to be really something when the whole – and I I think there is a point. I used to think I'm tired of being treated like a child. Just tell me the truth. 
Yeah. But yeah. I do kind of get the point of catastrophic disclosure, that if everything came out at once, think of the, I mean, there is such a thing as psychological trauma. And if somebody would have to completely change, you know, if, if it turns out that, you know, certain religions have been lying to you all this time, uh, if it turns out that everything you put your basis of your world on suddenly goes away, that is a big shocker. And that could mm -hmm. be, we're going to maybe mm -hmm. experience some of that uh, as we go through this. But that's all. That, uh, Lee, that's also part of what makes this uh, this whole thing so exciting for people right. like you and me is the fact that I I believe in uh, God. I believe there is an afterlife. I believe there's a heaven yeah. and hell. And uh, I think that my idea of what heaven is is to be able to understand and learn what the ultimate truth is about everything. That to me would be heaven, and I, you, you know, I I pray every night that I will know the truth. Yeah, and and you know, I think that's uh, that's a real plus because we're not afraid when we, you know, we're looking forward to truth. Right, I, I and the truth will, will set you free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and and maybe that's see, I I kind of think there something is coming that's going to make it. Okay, I, I think we're going to be okay. I, you know, this mm -hmm. idea of these guys building bunkers and everything, there's a lot of fear stuff out there. Um, and yeah, okay, but the cataclysms happen. I'm not saying they don't, but I just don't get the feeling that's it's going to be the, the kind of world-ending cataclysm that, 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 that you could put in a movie. I have a feeling, though, that these guys are worried about it. There's something that's coming for the, the bad guys on this planet wherever they came from and whatever they are, are not going to survive unless they mm -hmm. change something that it seems to me, that's what they're, they're after a, a solution that, that somehow will save their own hides. And I don't think they're going to find it. I've, I've got a question for you. Uh, last night on my uh, hyperdrive show, a uh, couple of things I, I talked about. One was you mentioned behind a paywall. I'm very suspicious of, uh, websites that put things behind a paywall. Um, you know, I think the information should be free and free flowing. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one is uh, the the new, uh, what are they calling it? The X virus or the oh. Uh, oh, pandemic uh, X. Pan pandemic <laughs> X. Yes, that mm -hmm. is. Uh, you know, and the people that are promoting <clears throat> that are, I, <laughs> I, I, I can go about two seconds into one of those and I'm going, oh, this is BS. It's it's so much fear porn. What what are your thoughts, Lee? Well, yeah, no, so first of all, on the paywall thing, so what I'm talking about are these are these are literally the universities that are putting and the and the the scientific publishing houses that are charging you. You can't learn, don't tell me it's evidence-based medicine, evidence-based science, but you're not gonna let me see the evidence. Okay, right. unless I pay a thousand dollars on you know to become part of your institutional buddies, you know that, that's right. crazy. But you, you know, um, uh, oh, what was your second part? The uh, uh, the ex uh, oh ex pandemic ex pandemic ex yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, you know they managed to they've managed to convince people without really good evidence that vaccines work. Okay, they've, they've convinced a lot of people, too many people over too long to take poisons on the guise of making you well in spite of lack of evidence. I mean, really lack of evidence. 
Now they're going to try to convince you that, oh, and in the process, by the way, in the process of that, they made a whole scientific explanation that sounded real sciencey and all, you know, oh, we take some of the pathogen and we, you know, we morselize it and we grow it in eggs and we make all this antigen. And then when we, and then we, uh, we, we cause it to become attenuated. So it can't really make you sick, but we inject it in you and you make antibodies and then you're immune. Okay. That's the, that's the, that's mm. the BS story about this whole vaccine theory. But now they're going to tell you, we're going to make a, a, an antibody. We're going to make a not an antibody. We're going to make a, a, a vaccine to protect you. But we don't even know what the germ is. Wait a minute. Right. Right. What happened right. there? Does yeah. anybody, I mean, it's, yeah. it's so kooky that even a sixth grader should figure this one out. Mm -hmm. Anybody that gets this is all fear porn. Now, can they make you sick? So this is the point that I don't want people to say that it doesn't mean they're not going to make you sick. They can make you sick, but it is not the way they're telling you. They're mm -hmm. making you sick from radiation, like electromagnetic radiation, and from poisons. And mm -hmm. keep in mind that in Latin, virus means poison. It does not mean a germ. Mm -hmm. So they're speaking their old tongue. You know, these guys play the long game, and they're speaking the old tongue. So this is a, mm -hmm. uh, they're poisoning us. And you can, all of the things that we've seen, for example, with the COVID shots can be explained without any mRNA, without any germ involved, without any uh, thing. All it has to do is, is be a poison. And we know that this, we, can, we can count the number of ways that we, of the ones we know that are in there, from the graphene oxide, which we know is in there, don't let them tell you we don't, that's in their own blueprints. We can see it. I can show you on, on current papers in their basic science. And... Um, we also know about the cationic lipids, these, these dual cationic lipids. They're very toxic. And the basic science researchers knew they were toxic. They said, this, this is a great way to make a lipid nanoparticle, but damn, it's toxic. Except the vaccine people said, well, it's so we've kind of got this under control. No, they didn't. <laughs> well, you know, all, all of these blood clots and things like that, uh, you know, and, yeah. and then the, we talked a lot about snake venoms. What do, what do snake venoms do to you? Well, now, see, and let me just point out, Here's the here's let's I think we have to we have to start thinking clearly as as Tesla said there are a lot of scientists that there are a lot of a lot of people these days that think deeply but not clearly and you can be quite insane and think deeply <laughs> you know problem, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit but that's it yeah so yeah. here's the problem is that we're we're not proving they're not they don't they don't have a proof of a spike protein except by stains. And those stains are only showing you what they made the stains to show you. They don't know what that is. It's from the same people that gave you the PCR test. So they're telling you a lot of stuff that's unproven. What we can say, what they're, we're, we're, the only thing we can do is look at the effects, okay? Now, it, when it comes to, and I've had this discussion with Brian Artis about snake venom. Now, there's no question, he's right about, uh, I would say 95% of what he's saying, I, I agree with. What he's saying is, is that, the, we have a long history of pharmacology creating um, medicines like blood pressure medicine uh, based on snake venoms. Okay. Because why? And the reason is because your body is filled with these receptors that are nicotinic receptors that are, that, that bind with snake venom. Now, Snake venom's real. We know that, that we can touch a snake. We see it. We know they can bite you. So we know that snake venom's real, but, Anything that binds those receptors will also give you an effect of snake venom. 
Okay, that's mm -hmm. the point. So what we're really, if we're going to be purists about this, which we should be scientifically, we should be talking about ligands. A ligand is a is a is a, a chemical compound, something that binds into a receptor. That's all we know. What we know is people got sick in certain ways that go along with having blockade of the ACE2 and the nicotinic receptors. We also know that smokers didn't go down with it as well. We also know they have a long history of manipulating those particular receptors in the pharmacologic world. Put that all together, they're poisoning us using these receptors. You don't have infinite types of receptors in the body. It turns out that they're, they've, they've capitalized on one that is everybody's got them, all over the body, these nicotinic receptors. There's many, many functions of them. We don't have them all worked out yet, but it's a great target. In other words, if you're making a bioweapon, if you wanna poison people with poisons you're, or with anything, you're gonna look at what, what are they susceptible to, okay? And then you devise your target. So it's not necessarily per se snake venom. This is what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. let's, let's call it, and here's an example. What Karen Kingston showed in, in these patents, she said, you know, they've got this patent on this smart hydrogel and this hydrogel comes in, it, it's smart because it's created that it, it, it changes its shape based on radiation, based on electromagnetic frequencies, right? Right. Now, your body, everything works on shape. We are essentially holographic electromagnetic beings. It's not mm -hmm. we're it's kind of creepy, but just like when, mm -hmm. when Einstein said E equals MC squared, he wasn't just talking about your table. You two are all energy. Okay. And how that energy gets distributed and how you look when you walk around and everything, that's your holographic experience, but your energy. So uh, what we think of as, as reality is essential is is how things interact electromagnetically. So what we're talking about is I give you something that binds into your receptors electromagnetically. We actually have this worked out for these receptors and this ACE2 pathway binding of this stuff. It's, you know, this is, it's genetically determined to some degree. So everything you have is shape derived, okay? If I screw up the shape of an enzyme, it becomes dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. And what poisons do is they strip electrons um, and they change the shape of your, your proteins in your body. And that's what we're that's what's happening here. I can also do it through wavelength. I can bombard mm -hmm. your your DNA. I can bombard things with, and I can change the shape slightly to change you. And mm -hmm. that's really this is we. It's not a, we we study a lot of biology. We should have been studying physics. This is really physics. Okay, mm -hmm. this is Tesla type physics. It's it's a it's all about the the toroids and the the uh, you know. In fact, I mean, I'm telling you. Uh, this is where medicine's going to go. Let me show you my fan. What did I do with it? Well, I guess I don't. I thought I brought it in here. Uh, I'll show it to you later. But it's about spinning shapes. Um, the Nazis were all over this stuff. This is their 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 Hanabu, their their vertical levitation ships. It was spinning red mercury. Red mercury. There, there's several things that show up historically and in scientific circles about all this stuff. And it's going to happen to do with, with health and wellness, too, is that if we if we you spin certain things, they create this this these scalar energy effects and they either help or don't help you. You know, uh, mm -hmm. that was what Tesla did that called caused Tunguska. He was playing with scalar energy waves and it flattened this whole big area in Tunguska. At least that's what we think happened. Yeah, that's um, that's I've I've 
research that and yeah. shows so, on that. But now we're dealing with it with a human body. That may be what med beds are. I think that's what they're talking about is a scalar healing mm -hmm. device. So the same principles that they use to take us down, now we can think about reversing and make things better. I, I think it's all, that's what this is, you know, uh, so, so pandemic X or pandemic pandemic. It's just a, it's, 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 it's a, they're treating us like we're children, which we kind of are. We've been dumbed down and we're not thinking clearly and they can convince us of all sorts of weird things, but they're really just poisoning us. And once we mm -hmm. realize that they're poisoning us and irradiating us, and then we know how to get out of it. Well, uh, how many times can you cry wolf before even the really dumbest person in the room goes, Oh, come on, stop it. Right. But then when they get sick, they're going to get scared and then they're going to believe them. That's yeah. my only concern. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's why you have to realize just because you're doesn't it, getting sick does not prove that they're right. Okay. Mm -hmm. the, getting sick is what you do when you get poisoned too. So let's get the poisons mm -hmm. out of you. And there's, and there's simple ways of doing some of this. I mean, the other thing I don't think I, that we've absolutely been lied about is parasites. Oh yeah. Oh, I this agree. Whole takedown somehow, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, in, metaphorically, as the uber parasites that have that have been doing it to us, and also the parasites within our body. And mm -hmm. you can't even talk to even the people in the freedom medical movement, whatever that is. I hate that term, but however you want to describe those of us who didn't believe in COVID, there's still a lot of people. You try and talk to them about cancerous parasites, and they just laugh you out of the room. In spite of the fact that you go to the NIH and you see they're doing all this research on antiparasitics and cancer. Now they why, why, why do the antiparasitic uh, medicines work so well against cancer? Because cancer is parasites. Yes. Exactly. I will go back to my golden retriever that I lost to the to the brain tumor and, you know, using fenbendazole and that tumor went away. Uh, I've got the CT scans to prove it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can show you right now. They're on this computer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. The. the the whole thing. It's, it's uh, I am I am absolutely one hundred percent convinced it is a parasite, and wherever that parasite lands, it will grow into you know if it lands in the breast it becomes breast cancer if it lands right, in the prostate right. it becomes prostate cancer and they're each slightly different, and it's only because of the area where they are you know yeah. uh, environment <laughs> you know. And let's uh, look we, we are the result of our environment, right? So the, the test bed. Now, now, uh, Lee, you you've said this to me, and I absolutely believe it. Uh, from my own reading and research, all disease, virtually all disease, is parasitic in nature. Well, it's either parasites or toxins. I mean, that, that's what I'm going to yeah. say. It's parasites, yeah. toxins, electromagnetic uh, compromise. So, but but in cancer. And, and all of those play a role, even in cancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, why do you get cancer after you have, uh, you know, a, a trauma? How do you get cancer after you've been exposed to radiation earlier? Like, the, you know, mm -hmm. the thyroid cancers, for example, that showed up after Hiroshima. Um, why is that all related? Well, because parasites are related to your immune system. So anything that knocks down your immune system is going to allow parasites to grow. So people with poor immune systems get cancer. We know that. But also... Parasites love everything that cancer loves. They love a high carb diet. You know, they hate oxygen. They hate high oxygens. They like low oxygen uh, situations. Here's the facts that I got me believing this, and I'll just they're real sh quick. One is I started seeing these videos all over the internet about doctors saying, "Hey, 
I've started looking because they were looking. This is again, this I don't know if it just is because of COVID, but doctors are going back to the old days of looking at their own patients' blood smears. We were taught to do that in medical school, but for the last 30 years, they've been taught not to do that. Mm. Now they're doing it again. And these doctors that are looking at their patients are saying, a hundred I've heard this multiple times, a hundred percent of my cancer patients have parasites swimming around in the bloodstream. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's that's fact number one. Fact number two is that um the like the military guys okay they i used to see these guys when i was on active duty and before i was a surgeon i was a general medical officer with the marine corps in, in iwakuni and if somebody came in and they were you know they had a a, a lump in their testicle or something and we sent them off for tests and it turned out to be a, a testicular tumor we'd send them to the urologist and they'd get cleared up but it'd be one tumor why is it after the vaccine, these young guys are showing up with multiple Mets all over them? Mm -hmm. That's their first presentation. That's also what people are seeing out in the, in, in the civilian life with this turbo cancer. They call it turbo cancer. But but if you're so either we have to believe that cancer in 2021 suddenly changed its spots, you know, like a leopard suddenly changes its spots or they, that we've done something with these vaccines that are making us available to have cancer. Now, the one thing that puts this together in my mind the best is that we've knocked down your immune system. We, we know that we're knocking down your immune system. When your immune system goes down, these things grow up. And why all over the body? Well, it turns out that we all have, this is the other thing. You can test people's, you know, animals have parasites. Why do we treat all of our animals for parasites? We're an animal too. We're, mm -hmm. we are living in the same soil. We're eating some of the same foods. We have parasites and they knew this years ago, but they forgot to tell us in the last 60 years. So mm -hmm. if you think that everybody has parasites, why does, why does cancer show up sometimes in areas where you've had trauma? Well, if you think about, let's suppose, how do you get parasites? You eat something and it gets, it gets you, you get a, a mother parasite that then has babies that hatch out and get into your bloodstream. Well, they stay in your bloodstream and your immune system keeps getting them taken care of, except one day you break your humerus, okay? Or you, or you hit, hit your breast really hard on something, or you, know, you, you, you bump your thigh. And then you've broken blood vessels. And now some of those parasites have gotten out into the periphery in an area where your immune system isn't so hot to get a hold of them. And they start growing and they make a little lump. And then if they get, if your, if your immune system really can't get at them, they get bigger and bigger and they keep growing and you get a tumor right there. So that is, that explains that too. I'm just type, and this, mm -hmm. this was me thinking mm -hmm. about the, how you could put these facts together. But I'm just going to say, as you go through this, you can find out that the facts fit everything. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, parasite, the parasite paradigm fits what we see in the world, which is what we're supposed to do in science. Look at the data and figure out what goes on. Um, we also know, like you said, you give them fenbendazole, the tumor mm -hmm. goes away. There's a whole, I told this to these doctors that wanted to, 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 to you know, basically told me to go away and don't come back with this because you're stupid. And this is, this is just nonsense. Fine. But look at the German literature. The Germans have this, they've looked at the, they show the movement in cancer cells that we're seeing, that pathologists are seeing and not reporting. They're calling it idiopathic movement of cancer cells. What? You know, we don't, mm -hmm. you see movement in cancer cells and you don't think to look at this further. Mm -hmm. um, we've got Dr. McDonald that's looked at, at, at 10 out of 10 dead MS patients, all had parasites where we were seeing plaques on the brain and spinal cord for multiple mm -hmm. sclerosis diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, it goes on and on and mm -hmm. on.
So there's a whole, but I told these guys, I said, you guys can deny this. You can, you don't, don't look at the German literature. Don't look at the NIH. But when patients start complaining that you should have known this, just remember, I said this because there's a whole underground group out there that you're unaware of and they're treating their own cancer with fenbendazole. You can look mm -hmm. at it, fenbendazole.org and yeah. they're successful. Mm -hmm. And they're probably looking around and saying, why the hell aren't we successful in the medical profession? Because we are brain dead because we're not really there for treating you. We're there for not a cure. We're there to, you know, we're not about cures. We're about the pharmaceutical companies, about clients. And it's the Rockefeller medical industry. Yeah. So there you go. They're making big bucks. Cancer is a big buck industry and I'm not suicidal, but they don't, you know, you talk about this and you pre present a different option that could take that down. Mm -hmm. That's a bad thing. Overnight, them. it could take it Overnight, down. Overnight, yeah. it could take them down. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's an answer. And it's starting to come out though, because even like I say, researchers at the MIH are looking very much at these drugs for cancer. And they, it's funny how they dance around though. They cannot come, they say, well, we don't quite know how these work, but this is, we think it, <laughs> it has to do with tubule, you know, how it does the microtubules and it's blah, 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 it does all this stuff. They don't want to think, hey, we should look at tumors and start really sectioning them and looking for parasites. Now, people have right. done that and found parasites. They, they've got an right. island they have to pay for, Lee. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. That's, that's, I'm sorry. I, what was I thinking? But you're well, that's right. So, so I think that's, you know, and my friend, I got a good friend who's a, a minister. And years ago, he got throat cancer and he, uh, he had money and he was because he, he'd been a professional football player before he was a minister. So the NFL had paid him well. So he was going to go down to MD Anderson on his own dime and just get the best care he could get. But he was late getting, you know, he couldn't get, he couldn't get an appointment for a couple months. And his wife found that fenbendazole.org, put him on the program. And years later, I heard this story and he was telling me how that he was one of the few or maybe the only one in his treatment group at MD Anderson that survived. OK, mm -hmm. but he had the traditional treatment. He had chemotherapy and surgery and the whole bit, I think, uh, or at least chemotherapy, but and radiation. And but he told. But after I said, well, you know, it was probably your fenbendazole that really, you know, that was what made the huge difference. And he says he said, you know, and I and he said, yeah, isn't it interesting that it treats parasites and cancer? And I said, well, I think you're missing the point here. I think parasites are cancer. Mm -hmm. and he got real mm -hmm. quiet. And then he says, you know, it's interesting that after a few weeks of taking the fenbendazole, I was actually getting better before I went to MD Anderson. Mm -hmm. I, I coughed up this, like this, I suddenly I choked up this lump of black stuff out of my throat after a few weeks on the fenbendazole. And I was much better after that. Wow. So he was killing his own tumor and mm -hmm. he would have been, uh, sadly, he would have been better off had he never taken the chemotherapy because that set him back more than the, than the cancer ever did. You know, well, got, it, 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 it destroys your immune system. Right. It really dropped thing. him down. And so uh, it's sad. It's sad how mm -hmm. uh, you can't, and I, and again, I don't think this is a, a demonic plot that everybody's in. I don't think all the doctors at MD Anderson, one of my friends was one of the founders of MD Anderson. He's deceased now, but he, you know, I know he didn't, we didn't know anything about right. this. They've right. been grossly misinformed or uninformed. They, yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. But, but he was a guy that unlike when everybody else was not doing this, when they were saying, oh, you can't take vitamins that might, that might feed the cancer. He said, what? And he was giving, IV, he, had, he set up his own cancer place down in Arizona, and he was giving IV vitamin C and very avant-garde cancer care. And mm -hmm. you see, he was thinking outside the box. If he'd be alive now, I think he'd be all over this. But, but it is a problem because it's going to crash medicine as we know it once we mm -hmm. get this. Because once you start, here's, here's another one. 
I'll tell you, that's going to crash medicine. I, I had my hand surgery here a couple of weeks ago, and I couldn't get I couldn't get pain medicine for two days. Couldn't get it. Why? Not because the doctor wasn't prescribing it, but he was in a big group that had electronic. In, in Arizona, you have to have e-sign. You cannot send. He could not give me a paper, even in triplicate. He could not give me a written prescription to go over to the pharmacy and get the get the narcotic pain medication or any you know anything that was a scheduled drug. So. So what he, they had to do e-sign. So they're working and working and they can't get the, for some reason, the systems between Walgreens and them could not align. So I go the first day, they don't have it ready, keep going, they don't have it. So that night I just toughed it out, didn't get a lot of sleep. You know, you got a lot of nerve endings in your hand and this was a mm -hmm. joint kind of surgery. Um, uh, and so I lived with that. And the next day it's still kind of throbbing and not, not very much fun. I go back, they still don't have it. And I said, and I called, I called the doc and I, the, the office and they said, yeah, we're having that. We've been trying for two days. We can't get the e-sign to work. So I call Walgreens and I said, you realize that this is what's going on. I said, and you don't make exceptions for that. And I said, I said, what would you do if all electricity went down in the county? And they said, well, we'd make an exception for that. I said, okay, but you've got five doctors in this place and you won't make an exception for all their patients. Mm -hmm. These are surgeons guys. And, and they said, and she just said, no. And I said, thank you very much. Mm. Last time I go to Walgreens. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, but here's what I did. And this is my point. I went, I, I, as we were going out to dinner that night, my friend who is, who helped me through this whole thing down in Arizona, she, she, she's driving along and says, Hey, pull into that vape store, you know, and it's kind of weird. It's dark. And there's, you know, the person in the, the nose piercings and all the, the tattoos I'm waiting on me. I kind of feel like I'm a drug dealer in there, but anyway, I said, do you have CBD gummies? And boom. So I got some, I got 750 milligrams CBD gummies. I went home, took, just popped, chewed two, you know, chewed up two of them. Had the best night's sleep. Pain was under control. Mm. It, had I had I done that the first night, this is my point. It'd have been fine. There's a lot of things we can. What we're going to do is make standard medicine irrelevant. Well, wild let, wild lettuce tea uh, is is an excellent painkiller. Yeah, we'll uh, also, harvest wild lettuce. Yeah, too. well, uh, <laughs> it, come, come to my house. It grows all over my yard. Well, uh, not this time of year. Well, <laughs> in about three months, I'll be I'll be up to my now. Knees. Is it in what zone? What what agricultural zone are you in? I'm I'm in Spokane, Washington. So uh, you know, it's uh, you're a little yeah, milder than where I'm milder temperature. But uh, you know, the other thing, Lee, wow. uh, lemon seeds. Mm -hmm. Did you know well, lemon CBD seeds? CBD actually has some good, you know, CBD has, yeah. your brain has more CBD receptors than morphine receptors. Yeah. There's another reason to fill them. We used to, you know, when in, in Iowa, you know, we used to have, a, I mean, it it still grows all over the place. I was talking, the poli local policeman came up to chat about something one day and we're my, I'm standing over my garden and I looked down in my potato plants and here's this marijuana, this hemp plant growing up in between the potato plants. And I'm talking to the policeman right there. I'm thinking, oh, God, this, this is absurd. But anyway, uh, but you know, it's, 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 they make it illegal, but really we used to have it. No, when, when they weren't making a big deal about it, the cows mm. ate that stuff all the time. And you talk to the old farmers around here, they all say how healthy their cows were. Mm -hmm. They know. I mean, yeah. you know, this is a nat this is a really good natural herb. Yeah. And yeah. and um so so well see when the Rockefellers uh, took over Big Pharma, all the natural medicines that were worked on for centuries disappeared. Right. It just just like that, they got rid of them. Mm. Tobacco. Here's another one. 
How many, yeah. I don't know if you know the people that now are having, there's a whole movement of people out there that are smoking organic tobacco. And a friend of mine does it twice a week, says he feels great. It's not addictive. It, and we actually have the name. It starts with a P. We have a name of the drug that the tobacco, like, like, you know, the manufacturers, the cigarette manufacturers put into the cigarettes to make them addictive. Addictive. Right. right. They're not addictive by themselves. And nicotine is not addictive by itself. And by the way, that is, again, one of the things that you can do if you're worried about pandemic X and you're going to like I'm going on a cruise. If you're worried about pandemic X and people get sick on cruise ships, you get rid of your parasites. You treat yourself with chlorine dioxide so that you get your toxins out of your body mm -hmm. and you do it every day. And you kind of like this is my this is my um, my perfect size bottle. I just fill it up. I've got 15 drops of chlorine dioxide. I just drink it throughout the day. OK, mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not telling anybody else to do that because I don't want to go to jail, but that's what I do for myself every day. This is mm -hmm. not official medical advice, just entertainment and education. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I, uh, but, and then the th thing is chew Nicorette gum. Uh, in, and I'm going to take some patches with me just in case somebody goes down with it that I'm with because it, it displaces your Nicorette receptors that, that get plugged with snake venom and get plugged with these toxins that they've been putting on us. There's a, there's an affinity and the but the, the affinity for nicotine is the strongest affinity to those receptors, which is why they're called nicotinic receptors, yeah. which is why smokers did not go down with COVID, right? right. So right. that toxin that they gave us was a nicotinic receptor ligand. And what you do is you put nicotine in and it displaces any other ligand that's stuck in those receptors. I had a guy, I go down, I, I go down to the local chelation place in Omaha because I had, turns out I had high lead levels for a reason I didn't know, but I just, as an educational thing, I did a flush and found that out. So I've been doing it, but I went in and I'm, and the guy was there and I, and he's telling me about how, you know, ever since he said COVID, you know, he's been having problems with his vision, like peripheral vision problems and it just like blurriness and not right. And I said, have you tried putting on a nicoderm, nicoderm or nicotinic, nicotin, nicotine patch on your thigh? No, or true nicotine gum. I said, are you a smoker? No. So I said, why don't you just try that? Because I'll tell you, Brian Aris told me, he said, long COVID, you put on a nicotine patch for a couple of weeks, it's over. For most people, it's over at that point because you've displaced these residual toxins from your receptors. So he did that. And I saw him a little while later and he said, you know, that worked perfectly. My vision completely cleared up. But when I took it off, then it came back after a few days. I said, well, that means you've still got these toxins circulating in your system. So here you're down here getting chelated. Hopefully that'll help get them out. You know, you can take chlorine dioxide like I do, or, but, but just keep putting on the, you, you gotta keep displacing them from the receptors. You can't get at them when they're stuck on the receptors. So keep putting that nicotine patch on while you mm. do this other stuff so you can get rid of them. And so we'll see how that does and more to follow. I, I, I've got a question for you, um, fluoride. Uh, because we we just uh, recently our city council decided after you know 50 years uh every 10 years we put it to a vote and we voted it down no fluoride in our water here but our city uh council decided to just run right over the top of 50 years worth of voting and uh uh we now have fluoride in our water here in spokane and i'm not happy about it as a matter of fact Good i here. just finished uh plumbing in a whole house uh, fil uh, filtration, filtration system and system. fluoride uh, removal system. Uh, just did that a week and a half ago. Uh, but I'm very much against fluoride. And uh, I just read a story yesterday on my morning show. Uh, they're, they're starting to push fluoride in Europe. And, yeah. and, and Europe has been very much anti-fluoride. 
And uh, so the, they're they're now poisoning us with fluoride again uh, because there's there's been major pushbacks uh, against it. Uh, right. And you know uh, how much do you think fluoride then is uh, contributing to some of these issues that we're dealing with? Uh, that can be, you know, oh, it's COVID, it's long COVID, or it's parasites, it's this and that. How much of that do you think is uh, relatable back to uh, fluoride? Well, I think uh, it's an interesting story because if I went up to my living room now and took a picture, you would have a picture of all the original research that justified putting fluoride. <laughs> okay. My dad okay. was an MD, DDS, and a PhD in biochemistry, and he and his partner in the days back when they were on a car, he was on a Carnegie Fellowship at the University of Rochester, and then was at Harvard, and he did the original work on how teeth calcify. So his, his last name was Deacons, if anybody, if any dentists out there. But anyway, he did the original work on how teeth calcified, but they were looking at, he, he, he and it, he was famous in this little town where I am, when he decided to leave Harvard and come back and practice medicine, he was still doing some dentistry, but he was kind of famous in the 50s because he's the guy that could almost tell you where you grew up based on your teeth. Because in those days, areas that had just the right amount of organic fluoride had this beautiful teeth. So there is a, there is a point to organic fluorides. Organic fluoride, yes. But that mm -hmm. is not what you're getting, okay? And and he had no, you know, I'm in the I'm in the weird position because even in 1983, when I was a first year orthopedic resident, we knew that fluoride in young boys, we couldn't prove it in girls, but in young boys was clearly related to your risk of getting osteosarcoma. That one was proven. Now. Mm -hmm. The problem is that that I'm in the in, on the weird position of trying to get it out of my city's water. We've been watered because he helped put it in in the 50s. Mm -hmm. I, I've been trying to get it out ever since. And the problem is uh, nobody will listen to you. They think they, they here's what they do to, to 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 deal with these things. They make it so anybody dis, dis, disagrees with it are crazy, just like with the mm -hmm. vaccine thing, right? Mm -hmm. Safe and effective. Yes. Oh, it's crazy. We have all these scientists telling you it's good. How can you little person say it's bad? Okay. But here's the thing with fluoride. Uh, so I actually did a big deep dive on that years ago. This is 15 years ago. The EPA scientists one time went out on 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 their own. Uh, they went out on strike because they wanted fluoride-free water at work. What does that tell you? They were being forced <laughs> to tell you that we could put higher levels of fluoride in the water than, than they realized because they'd been reviewing the literature and they could show that it was damaging children's IQ. It was damaging children's brains. Another big study that was done, and this is a very simple study. This is not one that you need 10,000 statisticians. Usually those studies are false. When you need that many statisticians to make it look good, it's probably not right. But this guy was the head. He's the guy that was the founder of cell biology at the NIH. And what they did years ago, they looked at 25 cities that had fluoridated since 1959 or something. And mm -hmm. then they looked at 25 demographically similar cities that did not fluoridate. And all they did was look at the cancer rates. Mm -hmm. This was his statement, not mine. His statement was, assuming our data to be correct, and he said, this is open source. You can do this work yourself because we didn't have to manipulate anything or do much work on this. This is just, you take the cities and you look at the data that we've collected and our health, public health service. He says, all if, you, if, if it's what, we, what our numbers showed, that fluoride has killed more people than all the wars put together back in including the Revolutionary War. Wow, wow. Just from cancer. Yeah. Okay. 
And um, he said it's it's dramatic that the fluoride that the, both the unfluoridated and fluoridated cities after 1960 went up. Okay, mm -hmm. but the but the fluoride went up so much more dramatically that that differential was more people than we've killed in all our wars put together. So why do we do it? Okay, let's keep in mind when we were talking about the Nazis coming over here now. It's funny. There's a book called The Devil's Poison, which is hard to get now. But when I wrote this article years ago, it's still on the WND World Net Daily website on fluoride. Um, I got a nice letter from a dentist in Canada, and he sent me his book called The Devil's Poison. And it's a fabulous book mm -hmm. that reviews all the science of this stuff. Um, there is no question that this is harmful. In the, in the Nazi uh, death camps, they, get, they put fluoride in the water and it calmed people down. Stalin heard this. This is not rumor. This is true. Stalin decided to do it in the gulag, and they could eliminate 25% of the guards because fluoride is a neurotoxin. Toxin. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let's just be clear about this. Fluoride is a neurotoxin, and anybody who puts it in the water is is committing a war crime, a, 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 a crime mm -hmm. against humanity, especially for your children. Now, it's damaging for everybody, but especially for your children. So I think I what I would do, especially if it's just been voted, you know, you don't have the right to vote away my safety. Now, public officials, there's a whole guy, and I can't remember, he's Clay Washington or Cal Washington, I think is his name. And he's got he's got a whole point uh, about how you do uh, affidavits of, of uh, what's it called, of uh, not responsibility, but basically making liability. So mm -hmm. you, and that I'm, we're going to do it in my town. I'm working on this. So I'm just, I'm just learning about this. But what we need to do is hold these people personally liable for public safety. They claim I that agree. they're the, they are the, they are the uh, regents of public safety now, that that's one of their jobs as an as elected official. If that's mm -hmm. your job, then by letting 5G come in and irradiate us and by putting fluoride in the water, you've abrogated your responsibility. And I have a, a um, uh, Todd Callender sent me kind of a template of how to put this thing together. And I think we should all be doing that. You know, mm -hmm. 90 up until recently, 95 percent of all the people drinking fluoridated water in the world were in America. Why do you think that is? They've been coming after us because we are the last men standing that kept the way of the one world government happening. Mm -hmm. And and they they we're tough. They've dumbed us down. They've poisoned us. They've tried to take our land. They've tried to take our guns, and we're still standing. But all of these things matter, and we have to quit them poisoning our children. If we don't care about that, I can't help us. You know, mm -hmm. this is a this is a critical point. And, you know, what are the Chinese doing? Oh, by the way, this where do you get the fluoride for your water? It's the effluent, the leftover toxic. Right. Right. From from fertilizers in China. Right. Fertilizer mm -hmm. manufacturers in China. They're shipping it over here and we're putting it in our water with these big has big hazard things on this tanks. Mm -hmm. Oh, you spill it. it yeah. You you got to get the it's guys. In the, uh, yeah. You got to get a hazmat <laughs> out the hazmat suits and. Uh, uh, by God, don't spill it on concrete. It'll it'll dissolve it. Right. But you're putting it in your water <laughs> and your children are drinking it. It's yeah. the only drug that we give people, you know, and the dentists are complicit in this. Any dentist yes. that doesn't read his own literature and doesn't realize this doesn't work. They've also done studies where they've looked at demographically similar towns that are floridated and not floridated. And the rate of dental caries is the same. Yes. Okay, mm -hmm. so this is not what they're selling you. They use dentistry, and my dad, I think, was one of them. In fact, one of the one of the bad guys in the book on the devil's poison. When I'm reading this book, I said, "Oh my God, 
I don't know if that's my dad. I said, that was my dad's uh, professor. I knew him. I met him multiple times. This guy that's just the, the demon in this book. You know, I thought, oh, boy. Oh my God. But it was, wow. but, but they, you know, keep in mind the German scientists on Project Paperclip came over here after World War II. And that's mm -hmm. when this was all done. Well, yeah, they, 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 they use they use Mengele and uh, uh, um, what's the other guy? Um, um, uh, Bernays. Oh, yeah. Edward uh, Bernays. Was, but they're yeah, just, Edward Bernays as the marketing just, guys. They right, were the marketing just guys. Some of them, you know, when they went over on Project Paperclip, it wasn't just to look at rocket scientists. They were really going after their number one target were chemists and specifically vaccine chemists. Mm -hmm. So the chemists came over and they became our pharmaceutical guys. Right. Otto Ambrose, who just, who who was responsible for thalidomide, uh, you know, he was the guy he devised all this stuff but we're, and he spent I think six years in jail uh, after Nuremberg but he was the head science, head chemist for IG Farben and where did he go after the, the, the time in prison he went over to be a consultant to the pharmaceutical companies in Britain so mm -hmm. uh, you know this is what's going on it's not just fluoride the other one is so these are the halides okay and there's one good halide and that's iodine we don't get enough of iodine right Right. And they and in, in, in China, where they're shipping their fluoride to us, they're putting iodine in there to give to their kids, and they're putting selenium and iodine in the soils. Okay, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're doing the right thing for their children. And by the way, if you go around the world and you look at the winners of all these, the mathematics teams that win these competitions, mm -hmm. even in Sweden, they're Chinese, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not just genetics, it's that their kids are not getting poisoned. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. They're poisoning your kids. So what did we do after World War II? When, again, when these chemists came over here, we switched from, we used to stabilize our wheat with iodine. Now mm -hmm. we stabilize it with bromine. And bromine is a toxic halide, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. like fluoride. So fluoride's yeah. probably the worst, but bromine is right up there. And the, mm -hmm. and the one good one is iodine. Fluorine, bromine, iodine. Iodine's good. We need more iodine. But because you eat wheat, and wheat is probably the most toxic substance you can eat, don't eat it. I can't. Um, eat, I can't eat any. Every time I eat something with wheat, uh, uh, Lee, I, I, I just feel you get sick. Terrible. No, I right. Terrible. And and that's a natural response to toxins. I mean, yeah. wheat, wheat, wheat is we we genetically not modified it like gene split, but we in, in Iowa, Norman Borlaug, we did this to you. I, he got the Nobel Prize for developing semi dwarf wheat, but it has a great lot more of gluten and it has a lot more of amylopectin A. And amylopectin A makes little tight junctions in your bowel that holds everything together and keeps your bowel from leaking into your bloodstream. It now leaks in your bloodstream. It oh, opens wow. up. It's called the leaky gut syndrome. So essentially, mm -hmm. when you eat wheat, you're connecting. It's like connecting your drinking water to the outflow of your toilet. Mm -hmm. If you think that's a good idea, keep eating wheat. But yeah. wheat is toxic of itself. Wow. I don't care if you have the Ezekiel wheat or not, because now it may not have the amylopectin, but they stabilize it with 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 bromine. Now, well, you, the other the other problem with the wheat is the uh, the glyphosate. Yes. And and then and then mix that with uh, all little. Uh, nano aluminum in the air, you know, right. it gets into your gut and creates a really toxic uh, soup right. of garbage. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an interesting thing too, when we look at the chemtrails, again, they're poisoning mm -hmm. us in every aspect. They're coming, they, they think this is a critical level. And so they're, they're, the poison levels are out of control compared to what they were even 20 years ago. What are they, you know, and I, Harold Kautz, who has a chemical degree, he's a, he's from Germany and really interesting guy to talk to. He's got, a, he does journalism, but he's actually got a big, big scientific background. He, he said the reason that 
you know, in, if you look at the amount of junk being spewed out of the factories in the Industrial Revolution in the 1800s, it actually was as much or more than we're getting today from those contrails, those chemtrails. Mm -hmm. But it's in a different form. He said, what happens is that the chemp, the planes are using these special heated nozzles. So when the stuff comes out, it comes out as a piezoelectric crystal. Again, we're wavelength, plants mm -hmm. are wavelength. We need sunlight. We need to be able to deal with wavelengths. And these piezoelectric crystals are changing our ability to absorb the energy we need. Mm -hmm. And so that's how that's, so it's, you're right. They're getting aluminum, barium, strontium. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't remember all the ones that's in there. But those are the big three. And and they're poisoning us with that too. But wheat, wheat, the glyphosate, you can look at the number of, this is, this is published literature, guys. This isn't just me spewing this. You know, you look at the amount of, of um, they, they brought in the semi-dwarf wheat by 1980 was the predominant wheat in, in all the products in America. And if you look at that point, they also a few years later brought in glyphosate. And, and so it's a little hard to sort out which is which doing it, but in any case, put together, the rate of bowel disorders has just gone up like that mm -hmm. in America. Okay, mm -hmm. so um, if you want to clean up your diet, the first thing you do is get get rid of all wheat products, and that's mm -hmm. that's not dark flour versus white flour. That's just anything made from wheat. But I well, love macaroni. Well, get the gluten free <laughs> macaroni then. The best, the best, and they're hard to get now. The best gluten free stuff is the stuff made from quinoa, quinoa and quinoa, rice yeah. and and other stuff. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but if you just the just the rice is kind of kind of soggy. But yeah, we make we make macaroni and cheese sometimes. Yeah. But we use real cheese. We don't use a microwave, which also damages your mm -hmm. food. And we right. and we make and we make it with gluten free stuff. You know mm -hmm. so. That's yeah. it. So toxins, it's all over the place. And you're right. The, it's a criminal act to put it in your water. And just like you can't vote people out of their house, you can't vote to have some people poisoned either. Right. I'm sorry. You can't, a referendum to put toxins in your water is, is just not legitimate. Well, the, you, you, you'll That's find it interesting, doing. actually, how they accomplished it, uh, Lee. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a company or a, a consortium or whatever. They're going around and they're purchasing uh municipal water supplies and I, uh, and 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 what they're doing is uh, they'll they'll come into a small community and say hey uh we realize that your water system you know it's been around for years uh might need need some uh, upgrades and things like that mm -hmm. you don't have the money for it so uh we will uh purchase or contract to manage your uh water system we'll do all the upgrades to it uh, and uh, one of the things, though, that we will do is we'll put fluoride. We'll we'll be putting fluoride in your water. Uh, but well, uh, Thumper, they don't necessarily tell you that. They tell you well that they're going to be improving your water system without actually if, making you pay for it. Yeah. Well, but here's what happened in Spokane, this is so Dan. Evil. This this is what this is what happened in Spokane. Wow. They came in. Spokane said, "No, we don't want that." And they said, "Well, tell you what, we'll give you a grant for three million dollars. No, four million dollars. Excuse me, four million dollars uh, to upgrade your water system. The caveat is you have to uh, part of that grant is to uh, provide the equipment to uh, fluoridate your water." And the liberal bunch of you know, uh, I've got many words. It's free money for uh, for the free uh, money. Yep. Um, the city council down here. Uh, they, I like I said earlier, 
50 years, about every 10 years, a vote on the on the you know public vote voted it down unanimously all that time. Then they come in with this $4 million waving the big money in front of these idiots down here, a bunch mm-hmm. of libs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they, and they took it, they overrode the mayor said no. And they managed to override the mayor. And so now as of October of last, uh, of 22 or 23, we now have fluoride in our water. Mm-hmm. And it's the and, only drug that, that you give to your children that has no dosage regulations. In other words, right. if my kid, if my kid drinks a gallon of water a day from public faucet and yours doesn't drink any, there's a different dosage there. Oh, or yours uh, just drinks a glass. It didn't yeah. it brush his teeth, right? So you don't know. And it and and keep in mind, we the, the dental argument is dead. If you want mm-hmm. dental fluoride, you go and have him put the the the. Yeah, the go to your dentist. On. He'll he'll slap dentist. that thing in your teeth. You have and the freedom to do it. that. You have the freedom mm-hmm. to do stupid things for your kids, but that you don't have the freedom to put it in my water supply. That, by the way, I'm sure this is true in Spokane too. You can't ask for your own drill. You can't get a the you because all the drillers have to have a, a permit now. You cannot mm-hmm. get your own well drilled, even if they you mm-hmm. know if you had water aquifer right under you, which mm-hmm. I do. Well, I'm going to send them the bill for my uh, my my whole house. You system. should actually. I knew and and um, you know I in fact maybe you should come on if you've done some research on this. It sounds like I we have a show called the Iowa Corner, and we uh-huh. bring up all things Iowan. And and I got to say this is a in every little town. This is a this is <laughs> I think pretty much Iowa is completely fluoridated. Mm-hmm. I think it has been for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but oh, I've been but doing a lot of research on this and some uh, big cities. What, what maybe have happened is that some big cities have started taking it out. Like I think St. Louis took it out. Um, I can't remember now some New Jersey cities. So they have the numbers. They know about this cancer thing. And here's the deal. And this is what I tried to tell my town. You should quietly take this out. And so it's been gone for a while because you realize when this data comes out, Children have the ability to sue you up until the age of majority. So there's a 21 or you know 21 year window there mm-hmm. where you can be sued for damages from every child you fluoridated. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. just for your own self preservation as a financial entity, you ought to think about that. Well, mm-hmm. I I think that uh, holding them personally accountable That's too. That's what we need to do. Uh, each one of those city council members down there. Okay. <laughs> You know, uh, are you ready to live, you know, down under the Monroe Street Bridge right. naked? Because when we get done with you, you won't be able to afford underwear, my friend. That is that is the answer. That they, they cannot hide under the color of law when they do things that are that are damaging to personal safety, to mm-hmm. human safety. They can't, mm-hmm. you can't, that, that's, that's like a criminal act. So mm-hmm. at some point we have to do that. I, if you have a temp, I mean, I, like I say, I've got a template from Todd Keller. Maybe we can work on this together because I'm, I, I would love to. Yeah. Cause I I'm, I'm, I'm truly ticked off. And it's it. the 5g. It's also the 5g. You can use the mm-hmm. same argument, the same template for 5g. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So perfect. Okay. No, I, I would love to. Uh, because, uh, I've been, I'm, I've been, it's hard to do by yourself because you got to get all the. Uh, I, I mean, I've got I've got a lot of the literature um, mm-hmm. on fluoride, and I have to pull it up that I had for my last. I gave him last time. I gave him a nice ten-page little compendium of the literature and a mm-hmm. one-page summary, and uh, got no traction at all. Yeah. So you know the fact that your father was. Uh, 
one of the people that was involved in this process should give you some credibility. Uh, they just laughed at me like, you know, you're that, you're that stupid woman on the, you know, on the hill that we just have to deal with. But, you know, I, honestly, that's what <laughs> small towns, they, they and, and, you know, look, the entire city of Omaha voted, the, the, all the city council voted for the mask mandate. Did they have any scientific understanding of masks? No, they did it because they were told to do it by their handlers. That's what we're dealing yeah. with. And that's yep. what you're dealing with in Spokane too. Unfortunately, that's the fact. These bills are not, these these suggestions and these, these offers and these grants, they're not being generated organically from the people that live there. No. These are all from yeah. Well, you know, well, they, and, they and, say and that Pumper, uh, the the company that you were talking about, mm -hmm. that's nationwide. That's happening yes. all over the country. Yes, it is. It's happening company. with highways. It's happening with a whole bunch of things mm -hmm. where private companies will come in, and I guarantee you, they're getting part of their funding to do what they're do doing uh, by uh, big pharma, the companies that are profiting from and selling it, the fluoride. It, it, it's the same people selling the uh, uh, the cameras, the facial recognition. Yep. It's it's yep. the same same scenario. They are making bank off of selling this stuff to little towns. We have another town down in uh, uh, southeastern Washington. Uh, uh, he's probably listening to the show right now. He's a good friend of mine, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, they are trying to put in facial recognition cameras. And they're saying, well, the little community next door did this. You know, and and I found this article the other day. Uh, uh, well, they're they're trying to sell the idea that they're going to be able to, um, uh, to uh, uh, investigate and and solve crimes. Uh, I found an article the other day that totally blows out of the water wow. the idea that any of these cameras do does anything because number one. Uh, the capture rate, the, con uh, the then being charged, and then the conviction rate. The conviction rate is like uh, you want to talk about zero return on investment. Mm -hmm. The conviction rate through these cameras is like nothing compared to what they say that. will they happen. Don't yeah. They don't exactly. care about that. They just want to know where you are. Right. Exactly. They want to, it's all about control. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and one of the ladies in the in the article, she says, okay. Uh, you, you compare it to, you know, there's a guy down in your, in your, in your, in your neighborhood, you know, and he sits out in the front yard and he writes down in a little notebook, the license plate of every car that drives by. Now he's a cook, but you know, uh, you know, and maybe he, he might, uh, and maybe he might, he might, uh, call up the, uh, the police department and say, Hey, this, this car, uh, can I get a, a license check on this car? It was in front of my house, uh, blah, blah, blah. However, Okay, that's one guy sitting in his yard. But through the use of all these cameras, you know, you got this camera, that camera, that camera, this camera, or, you know, and, and all throughout the town, they can track your movement. Now, if that same guy gets out of his lawn chair and starts following you around all day, what is that called? Stalking. Yeah. Stalking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And that's, that's, that, that's, that's right. that a, exactly a, a great right. way no. to put it. Technological uh, it to, stalking. Yeah, yeah. technological stalking. Uh, you know, we, da, 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 you know, mm -hmm. well, and, and, you know, about these companies. So this, the, I don't know what the name of the company is that's doing the cameras, but here's another one. Vanguard came into the state of Iowa and I'm sure they're national. I mean, Vanguard oh, yeah. is one of the top three. So we got BlackRock, State Street and Vanguard, right? The big three. Right. And Vanguard made a software to assess houses, to assess property. 
right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they used that. They came in and made this software. They sold it. My little county of 14,000 people paid a million dollars for this software. Mm-hmm. Then they couldn't just send their assessor. This is the assessor we pay a, a, a salary to out of our taxes. That person didn't go out like they used to and just go see the properties and do their own assessment. Now Vanguard has to send their people in because they know how to use the software. And then mm-hmm. they come in and they assess your properties. And then their friends from Wall Street come and get your get your little towns to bond for these incredibly stupid things like a like a like the, a, a, a new gym for your high school of 50 graduates. Uh, I mean, these are real stories. Mm-hmm. And, and now you've just taxed your people out of the existence on their businesses. Mm-hmm. Then the then the towns dry up and then the land becomes uh, available to them and they start buying up your land. This is what's yeah. going to go on because they're going to tax us out of our houses. So when you t- say that it's a corporation doing the waters thing and it's a corporation mm-hmm. doing that, mm-hmm. there's one corporation in the world. It's the Crown Corporation. Mm-hmm. It owns all the other corporations. And mm-hmm. those corporations own Washington, D.C., the Vatican City, and well, the City of London. Those are since 1871, that has been a corporate entity. And this is when we realize what's going on, that we've been completely corporatized. We can get out of this. Mm-hmm. We are in a huge yeah. corporate takeover. I, we are I, not under a constitutional republic anymore, except in our states when we choose to yeah. reassert it. How, how successful are you at convincing people that uh, all these corporations do exist? Because, uh, Lee, I've been on that bandwagon for all oh, 15, 20 years. Well, since I figured out what happened. There was a study done by Gladfelter and Gladfelter et al. And they were, he's a, he's a Swiss economist. And I tell people this, he's a Swiss economist that was tasked by the Swiss government to see what the relationships were between the 37 million corporations in the world. Mm-hmm. And he put them, this is when supercomputers were available. And they put all this data mm-hmm. into the supercomputers and it spit out at the end, they had to do a couple things. It spit out at the end of the day, 147 companies but then some guys, then Forbes on Wall Street. So this is published in Forbes. You can give them this mm-hmm. article. Forbes looked at this and said, well, we looked at those 147 companies and they're owned by 10 big banking firms. And then mm-hmm. somebody else on Wall Street said, well, if you know how funds work, those 10 big banking firms are actually run by four big hedge funds, or I guess they're called hedge funds, but the big funds. Mm-hmm. And they're controlled by 150 men. Mm-hmm. So 150 mm-hmm. men control 80, 90% of the world's wealth. That's yeah. of 2011 data. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely provable. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, again, people are dumbed down because the floor and the water, they're, tr- they're, they're, these people have controlled our education system. <laughs> they're killing the older people mm-hmm. with these vaccines because old people remember the way it was before. I remember before government medicine, you know, my kids don't. And this is what they're doing. And we have a limited window of opportunity to, to win this. Because when we're gone, those younger people mm-hmm. coming in and the replacements they're bringing in from South America are not going to, they have no, they don't have the, the, the constitution in their belly. They don't have the fire mm-hmm. to fight it. And um, well, and by the time they get done, Lee, by the time they get done killing us off and uh, sending, you know, so many people to the grave, we're, we're going to be talking a much smaller population. And those will be many of them mind controlled through AI and all the other things they've got planned. That's what the whole program is about. Oh, that's what their plan is. But I got to tell you, if it had been that easy, they'd have done it already. Oh, I know. Okay? Yeah. They can't do all the things they say they do. They're just, this is, it's a narrative projection. I think, I think Grunvig's mm-hmm. right. This is narrative projection because they can't, we are just really tough as human beings. We are children of God that are made 
frightfully. And we can, we just don't go down easy. And, and that's what they're finding out. And, and they've, they've, as they say, jump the shark. They've gone too far, too fast, and we caught on. And I think there's, like I say, I think there's a take back in place. Personally, I think we're, I think Trump is still the president. I think we're in devolution. You can call me crazy, but look at all the executive orders and look at what's happening. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. John, uh, who's the guy that was the former? Adasta. No, uh, uh, John Bolton. John oh, Bolton oh. slipped up the other day on camera and said, when they said, well, what are you going to do if Trump gets back in? Because, you know, since 2019, he purportedly has become the Trump's enemy. You know, uh, again, playing a deep game and you don't know who the good guys, and the bad guys are completely. But, but Bolton said, well, he would have a constitutional hurdle to get through to be uh, to be allowed to serve a third term. Well, <laughs> yeah. Right? Did yeah. you hear him say that? That's pretty yeah. impressive. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and uh, and but Biden mm. referred to him as our sitting president. Of course, mm. Biden says a lot of junk. You know, don't. But yeah. this, this yeah. is a scripted play we're watching. So I, mm -hmm. I don't want people to become hopeless. I personally think the take backs in place, and and everybody that doesn't mean sit on your hands. The idea nope. of people say, oh, that whole Q mm. stuff. They just tell you to 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 sit on your hands. No, they don't. Trust the plan just means don't panic. There are people mm -hmm. out there acting in your in your interest. But you have to participate, too. You have to educate yourself, function, take back your local world like we're talking right here. Um, well, and, and Lee, we, we, uh, I, I completely agree with you. We've got to continue to do what we're doing because what we're doing is telling the truth and getting information out to people. Believe me, it's been, uh, it's been people like you and like Thumper and like me talking truthfully over the last 20, 30, 40 years, yeah. that finally is starting to get enough traction that people are starting to realize, wait a minute, these people weren't crazy. They, they actually were trying to tell us something and maybe we should listen. And, and you know, the, the, the thing about all this, the politicians that are now trying to worm their way out of this COVID mandates by saying, well, we didn't understand the science. You know, at the end of the day, this was never about science. It's always been about liberty, that if you hadn't mandated it and you'd left it up to our individual choice, then it's our responsibility. Mm -hmm. We have to we have to be educated. If somebody wants to trick you, you know, you don't have laws in place that doesn't allow people to trick you. You have to figure out how to live your life and not be damaged by people that want to lie to you. But they did. They took that away by by coercing everybody to get vaccines, coercing people to put on masks, telling you you couldn't travel if you didn't do these things. Well, mm -hmm. that is what they need to go down for. OK, mm -hmm. you didn't have, you know, the, the you're you're you know, my my county supervisors that voted for a mask mandate. They didn't have to know the science. They just had to know the, the, the principles of liberty. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't. You can't mandate uh, vaccines and all this kind of stuff. You just can't do it. And yeah. Well, there there was a really, really good article that was just in the uh, Epoch Times over the weekend, and it was written by a doctor out of the UK, and all the evidence worldwide that they are uh, under uncovering now that shows a direct link between the COVID vaccines and the increase in cancer worldwide. Yeah, I mean, this stuff, uh, it's out there. We just need to learn and listen. But again, uh, I tried to publish a paper in March of 21 on the bleeding aspects from the vaccine. It was overwhelmingly 
a, a known, you could look at the VARES then and realize what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, thrombocytopenia, bleeding, uh, all sorts of stuff. And that's the other side of clotting. So, uh, I mean, that was March of 21 and nobody would listen. So it's nice that they're coming out with this stuff now. I wish that though, that people had been more aggressive. What they should have realized is the science is never sealed. It's never concluded. And you never can mandate anything. That was what the attack should have been. I'll tell you, uh, I, 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 by the way, I put a, a link. It's, it came from Zero Hedge, by the way. It's I in like the so. uh, Zoom chat there. And I put it out there in the chat for everybody on the uh, Big Brother uh, uh, deal of putting in these cameras. But uh, no, you were talking about uh, my, my mom. My mom did not like vaccines. She didn't run us to the doctor every time there was a vaccine. Good for her. Uh, and uh, and then uh, uh, when they came out with the seatbelt mandates and all this other stuff, you know, she sat on her seatbelt. She didn't wear it. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> uh, uh, she's been like that, but she's not an activist. She just ad- adjusted her life to have this stuff without it in her life. And before they started mandating all this stuff, right. she could do that. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was okay. But now that they're trying to force it on people, and again, she's not an activist. Uh, it's just not in her. You know, she just adjusts and moves on. You know, <laughs> and uh, and there's a lot of people out there like that. Uh, and not everybody is an activist. Right. Uh, and and they'll 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 say okay well, you do your thing I'll do mine mm-hmm. leave me alone. Just realize, Thumper, there's a difference between being an activist and being a realist, being somebody yeah. that realizes we're uh, yeah. we're in a situation where we need to start using our head. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the revolution was won by three percent. The Bolsheviks yeah. took over the Soviet Union with three percent. Mm-hmm. So it isn't that everybody has to be an activist. But we have to hold our public officials accountable for for overstepping their authority and forcing people into poisons. And, and mm-hmm. you know, we wouldn't you know, I, I mean, I tell people all the time, I said, think about what you would do if you had if you, if you found out that your kids were being given poisons in school. If they if your kids were unbeknownst to you, they set up a little thing and they ran the kids through and they said, Johnny, take everybody takes one of these, you know, and they were giving them arsenic every day. Mm. What would you do? And I said, would you call your congressman? Would you write to your senator? Would you go to the governor? No, you get the sheriff and you would prosecute these. You go to the school and say, what the hell are you doing? And you go down there with arms and take this back and you arrest these people. Mm -hmm. Now, we didn't do that. But that's what we should do if this ever, you know, we have to realize that we cannot allow them to murder our children anymore. If we don't stand up for ourselves, at least protect our children. That's right. That's our responsibility. Lee, thank you for being a guest again. This is always so much fun because, uh, honestly, we had to have a part two to the Truman Show. Now we'll have to think about doing a part three. <laughs> you know, the reality of the world is uh, so totally different than what we've been fed. I know, it really is. I'm hoping, uh, you know, that would be a good theme for a, the false reality, you know, would be a mm-hmm. good theme of a, of a conference someplace. 
Yeah, maybe I should be the one in Omaha. Maybe you should. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the uh, altered reality conference. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let me know. Special. I'll promote the heck out of it. I, I, I would promote that conference any day of the week, and I know Thumper would too. Mm -hmm. hey, and I, I need to get contact too, uh, Michael, with your so we can have you on the to talk about this fluoride thing because I think that would be good. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. uh, I'll give you Thumper's you me, yeah. uh, email and and okay. back and forth, so no problem. Yeah, okay. definitely because uh, they are they are really pushing this stuff. This is a big deal. Okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, thank right, you guys. again, Lee, for being Thanks our guest. From the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, across the plains of Texas, oh, from sea to shining sea, from Detroit down to Houston, New York to LA, where there's pride in every American heart, and it's time we stand and say. There ain't no doubt.